Hello, Radio Survivor podcast audience. Today on the show, we're going to bring you a rebroadcast of one of our favorite conversations from 12 months ago, right in the heart of the pandemic lockdown of 2020. We spoke to some new friends from Argentina and elsewhere uh, who make radio together, planning a 24-hour radio broadcast in celebration of the 100-year history of wireless, as well as looking forward, looking backwards, looking forward, looking all around at radio. I just wanted to drop in, you know, each week I prepare a radio edit that goes out uh, to our Radio Survivor affiliate stations around the country and and the world who air the station, who air, who air the episodes, uh, a one-hour version. And then I have the podcast edit, which stretches out, which goes on and on. Today, you're going to be hearing the radio edit of last year's episode with this special introduction. Uh, and if you're interested in... If you already know, wait, I want to hear the longest version, well, uh, go to t- the show notes for today's episode, and you can click on over to hear the 90-minute the conversation with today's guests, but with no further ado. Welcome to Radio Survivor. We're here for the love of radio and sound. My name is Eric Klein. And I'm Jennifer Waits. And on today's show, we are celebrating radio around the world. We're talking about... Wireless, which is a 24-hour, 24-station broadcast happening on August 27th, 2020. It is a collaboration of RadioEE.net, which is presenting an online, translingual, 24-hour broadcast about planetary wireless. This event is being held on the 100th anniversary of the first broadcast in Argentina and the first mass public entertainment broadcast in the world. Jennifer, you put this episode together. This was, this was so much fun. This is exactly up our alley because I think we're learning about all of these fascinating segments that are going to happen on this broadcast that are all around the idea of wireless in like the in the pragmatic sense, but also in the sort of ephemeral philosophical sense. What is wireless? What is the history of radio? So, I, I, you know, as we're enjoying the conversation and the episode, it, it makes me think of so many different ways, so many different future episodes of Radio Survivor where we could explore all of these topics that are part of this 24-hour broadcast involving participants from all over the world in different languages. I think it's really an amazing undertaking to kind of examine. I mean, and really, it's what we do on Radio Survivor is understanding taking a look at the idea of radio from a lot of different angles and perspectives. Yeah, today's guests on Radio Survivor are three of the co-founders of this uh, collective of uh, radio producers of artists from RadioEE.net, and they really approach radio from a very uh, copacetic viewpoint here on Radio Survivor, the idea of it being a global meeting place for our ears to to hear each other's voices, but also to hear the sound of wind in each other's cities. I like how today's episode really does, um, and what Radio EE is planning for their special broadcast that we're talking about today, is how it really um, wraps its arms around the entire spectrum of what's possible on the radio and why we love uh, both hearing voices, but also uh, transmission arts. So I'm really glad to bring this interview to the listeners today. On August 27, 2020, an audio event called Wireless will be broadcast across the globe, celebrating the 100th anniversary of a historic radio transmission in Argentina. Working with collaborators from many different radio stations, the founders of RadioEE.net join us today. Welcome Stephanie Sherman, Augustina Woodgate, and Hernan Woodgate to Radio Survivor. Hola. Hello. Thanks for joining us from Miami and London. So we have quite the global crew here today, including myself in San Francisco and Eric Klein in Portland, Oregon. So Stephanie, I, I wanted to start by just asking what RadioEE.net is. Uh, so RadioEE.net or Radio Espacio Estación, Radio Space Station, is a nomadic online translingual radio station hosting broadcast events about mobility and movement, often while on the move. That is quite fascinating, and I mean, it's been fun to sort of dive into what that means. It seems sort of mysterious, um, 
I know in the past you've done events from cars, semi-autonomous vehicles, and from, I think, boats maybe out in the water. Maybe before we get into that, um, what's significant about the name? Why, why Radio Space Station? Ah, so, I mean, I think the idea was that we weren't going to have a locality. We were more thinking about how radio in airspace could show up, a radio could show up in different places and then kind of land and be quite situated. Um, and so, you know, we do these 24-hour marathons in places all over the world, and so much of it has been about being in a really specific location, getting to know the people there, working within that location with the resources we have on them, like with a different kind of vehicle that's specific to that location every time. And so every broadcast has been incredibly unique. Um, but then we pick up and go somewhere else. So Augustina, can you tell us about wireless? What is that event that is happening on August 27th, 2020? For sure. Uh, so bueno, we were supposed to be in Buenos Aires. Let's start there. Um, the, the idea of this broadcast in this specific day uh, is because, as you mentioned, it's the celebration of this very historic broadcast that happened from the roof of a theater in Buenos Aires, which is where Hernán and myself grew up and from where we're from. We thought it was a, quite an amazing, fascinating um, mini snippet of the story of radio that turns out that happened in our hometown. And so this time yeah, was... Can you tell us yeah. Tell us more about that snippet. What happened on that day? On that day, um, Wagner, uh, well, three three Italian uh, guys broadcasted with a smuggled Marconi equi radio equipment um, the first in the first entertainment transmission in history. What this means, it was the first radio transmission that was actually programmed for an audience, for entertainment. And it was Wagner's uh, opera, Perisfald, is that how you pronounce it? Um, Parsifal. Parsifal, thank you. And Wagner, <laughs> but we, you don't need to know how to pronounce it. Well, really. it's okay. this is a great part of our radio, just also in between parentheses. We are multilingual, así que hablamos en un idioma, hablamos el otro, and we go by, and it's chill. Everyone, don't need to freak out if you don't understand. You just need to relax. Um, so <laughs> we do a lot of mistakes in pronunciation, and we learn in practice. Augustina, uh, you, you just said the radio transmitting equipment was smuggled into Buenos Aires a uh, 100 years ago. Why? Correcto. Because, well, at that moment, the only way you could broadcast was if you actually had a Marconi equipment. Marconi had the monopoly of of the airwaves really because he was the only one who was producing the the, the transmitters and the receivers so these uh, Italians had found a way to get their hands into uh, this this uh, transmitter brought it to Buenos Aires and created a contraption together with the help of the acrobats uh, that were part of the circus of El Teatro Coliseo that was not a theater then. It was actually a historic circus, very important in the Haitian historic community immigration that was in Buenos Aires. It's like a very entangled story, right? But the point is that they used this location because they, they, they needed it, the help of the acrobats to climb as tall as they could in order to put the antenna. Um, so... Unfortunately, that broadcast was only heard by only 22 families because only 22 families had a receiver back then. But it was a very important moment, I think, and for us it called our attention this, this sort of um, shift between radio being a military tool to actually becoming um, the beginning of a mass media channel for communication and entertainment for, for society in general. Um, why wireless? Because for because this marks also the first wireless communication um, in history in this in this manner. Um, everything everything that is wireless is running on radio, but just not many people make the connection of 
wireless and radio. Typically, we think about a radio as, a, as an old FM, AM machine or the car. But in fact, our, our routers are using, our, are using radio waves. Our cell phones are using radio waves. Uh, every autonomous vehicle and the future of the Internet of Things will, will run on, on radio waves. So the idea here is to start at that moment in time on August 27 and move from the past into the present, into the future, and opening up what wireless really means. Uh, from different angles, this will happen from, from the voices of engineers, uh, architects, um, what else? We have all sorts of different flavors in here. Um, historican, uh, historians, urban planners, um, a bit more political angles. Um, the most, I am really over the moon about the ITU also joining the broadcast. So we're going to have someone uh, from, from, from the actually International Telecommunications Union coming to talk about spectrum allocation and these kind of things. So it should be a very rich uh, transmission. And of course, intermingling all sorts of experiments uh, on sound um, and actually taking the medium of, of wireless as a, as, a, as a place to explore, to unsonify it. Uh, musicians as well, of course, most of them live. And all our broadcast typically happens live also, as Stephanie was mentioning before. We, we like to bring all our guests live. I was curious, Hernan, could you talk about originally there was a different idea for how wireless was going to be transmitted. And with the pandemic, I'm assuming that has led to the current version of what your plans are. Maybe talk a little bit about the original plan and how it's evolved. Well, the original plan was the three of us to go to Argentina and actually, as Agustina just said, go to the roof of the Coliseo and just pretend to be uh, all of those guys and me pretending to be the clown climbing and putting the antenna. I would be that guy. Um, nice. But um, obviously, this year we cannot go anywhere. So... We decided to go, we were working, we, we were experimenting about different ways of do transmission without being on the site because we never know what, what, would, what would, it will happen and well, this happened and we already had a solution before, but, but we didn't know about it. So we decided to use it. You are, we were like, this actually, this system was supposed to be used on a different broadcast but, you know, why not use it now, which seems to be the perfect time to use it. And um, so we mutate to the actually what is actually leaving everybody now, no? Just being at our houses or whenever you, need, we, whenever you can be and just do radio or broadcast or connect with us that way. So um, we have different ways what we are we connecting to uh, different people all over the world. And I think this is the most interesting part of it, that we are using almost all of the wireless systems that are now on the net. Like we are going to be using WeChat, WhatsApp, Zoom, different multiports, uh, phone calls, WhatsApp calls, people coming into our streams. We have many different ways so people can come and stream with us. And I think that represents a lot of what wireless, what, what the name of the show is, actually. And, uh, and I think it also goes a lot of the actual situation of the, of the world. And we are broadcasting with everybody all over the world, and uh, it's a coincidence or not that we are all in the same situation right now, and it's great that we, can, or that we are all able to be there the 27th before we, we like we couldn't have everybody there now we can so I think that's uh that's also amazing and you're you're working with some radio stations is that something that has happened in prior I know that radio ee.net has done a whole bunch of interesting uh 24-hour broadcasts over the years um so have you collaborated with other radio stations before 
Yeah, so usually our broadcasts are super local, right? We're like kind of obsessed with insisting that we feature local music wherever we are and local sound and only local voices. And of course, they're multilingual. And then we always partner because we're an online station. We always partner with like a terrestrial radio station or at least an online station that's situated in the place where we are. So in that sense, we often partner with other radio stations. And then we have been um, slowly building a network of people that are rebroadcasting globally. But it was always like not the focus. It was kind of like, oh, well, we're friends with Radio Relativa in Madrid and Pub Radio in Amsterdam. And maybe they'll like they'll reshare the stream because like they have a channel that's activated when it's activated. But um, like an addendum to the story, Ernie, which I don't even know if you are like deep part of the conversations with August and I at this point. But we had always wanted to be thinking about how to bring in all of these other radios because it's a 100th anniversary and we never like celebrate anniversaries or anything. So that's already weird for us. I remember um, that from the World Cup idea. Yeah. But then we were like, well, it doesn't make sense with our concept because why are we in Buenos Aires if we're like bringing in all these radios and meanwhile we're on the roof. And so like it, it sort of forced itself this way. I would add that um, as Stephanie was saying, we would typically do partner with other radios This time is not only a partnership, but the radios are our guests. And that is the first time that we actually made the radios guests. So instead of um, having locals, because there is no locals anymore now, uh, everyone is a local in the internet. And perhaps that's the premise of like, okay, we're all here. We're all here together. And so um, we, of course, are allowing them each one to use their own language. So this would be by far the most multilingual transmission we have done, um, which I'm super excited about that part. Um, yeah, how many, what are the different languages that will be represented this year with wireless? Whoa, we need to open up the sheet to answer this. <laughs> I think so. Oh, wow. <clears throat> we go, actually go all over the world, globe. We, we, if you look at our map, everybody who's collaborating with us, I think we are almost, I think we're almost all over. We are. We have. But by, we have. By I want to add something yeah. about like we are all we are, we like you said we usually collaborate with other radios, and I think there is something very particular about RadioE.net is that when we do a broadcast, we usually live with friends and like our guests and our coworkers or everybody, we keep in touch with all of these people and <clears throat> we reach you everybody first. But then we, we realize also that it's not enough, first. Secondly, like Stefo says, maybe they don't fit. And also, we also want to expand our network. And, and I, was t I was talking to the girls yesterday, uh, how you start talking with someone and you all of a sudden get personal and you just you continue the conversation after you already did the... I was doing a sound test with a guy that I just met and we end up talking for like an hour about his grandma or whatever and then I think what I what I love about, one of the things that I really love about Radio E is, is, that, is that thing that we every show we, we expand our, our network and we, we collaborate with more radios and more radios and we learn from the radios a lot and we learn from the rest of the, the guests so much Okay, I have a list of our languages. Some of them I cannot even pronunciate. You ready? Um, of course, English, Spanish, French, Portuguese, Mandarin. Um, then I have a mix, Pakistani, and a mixture between Pakistani and English that is called Urdu. Mm -hmm. Then we also have Mapudungun, which is a dialect, I believe, from a community in Acre, in the Amazon jungle. Um, these are some of the few that I have here. Yeah. Oh, Slavic as well. Um, Arab as well. And so yeah. we're talking today with, that's the voice of Augustina Woodgate. You, you just heard from Hernan Woodgate, and we also have Stephanie Sherman on the line. And we're talking to them because they are planning, as we speak, a 24-hour broadcast on August 27th called wireless um so many languages what are they all going to be talking about 
Yeah, I get our theme is kind of planetary wireless, right? So in some ways, we're building off this moment in history, but then taking up what does wireless mean to us today? And so sometimes that is from a technological angle. Sometimes that's from an urbanistic angle. Sometimes that's from like a meta radio angle. What does it mean to make radio at this moment in time? Um, what does it mean from like spe the spectrum allocation, resource management, all these kinds of things, 5G technology. It also means fun things because we're here for 24 hours, people. So it means things like um, we have some tightrope walkers um, who are going to speak to the urban acrobatics inspiration. We have a segment called Bats, Bees and Butterflies. So um, thinking about insect communication, also wireless. Um, and yeah, so maybe usual and unusual uh, approaches to, to the theme. I'm particularly excited about um, telepathy. The, 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 the segment in, um, in um, Bratislava took on the topic of wireless uh, telepathy as wireless communication. Super excited about that. Say more about uh, that. What are, you, what are you? It's Yeah, say more. I am a huge believer, Eric, here. I'm a huge believer here about telepathy and, uh -huh. uh, and our inability to exercise it. Uh, just because we have too many devices that are mediating us. But I believe that we are... I mean, think about it this way. There are two organs in our body that are working with electronic, electric impulses, our brain and our heart. So we already have the electricity inside of us. Um, and radio waves happen when you electrify photons, right? So then that... It's, it's pretty much... It, it would mean that we do have the capacity to electrify these photons through thought. I mean, quantum physics starts to talk about this, right? And um, we read a little bit with Stephanie, well, not a little bit, not quite a lot, actually, about some experiments the Russians were doing early, early in the century and how that was sort of like almost kept, kept aside from science, calling it pseudoscience, but... I believe to just shut it down. Um, a lot of this has never been translated also, so it's still in Russian, perhaps also a way to keep, to keep this information safe, I would imagine. Um, but it was interesting also that the, that, the, that the guys from Bratislava took on the topic right away. I mean, they know. Well, um, it's funny because Radio Survivor, when we've done 260 episodes uh, celebrating the history of radio and the culture and... Uh, a handful of those episodes have been about the magic of radio, and there's actually been uh, there's a really fun one that I know Jennifer's radio thinking of mind. right now. Yeah, where uh, we we dove <laughs> really deep mind. into a um, like a religious philosopher who was into radio, but also um, uh, you know was was kind of like just building his own <laughs> his own uh, mythology around what was possible with radio, uh, believing that it was. Uh, linked to, to the same way that he would uh, pray and talk to God, that you could uh, pray and use the radio. It was uh, a whole thing, and it was a, that was a fun episode of Radio Survivor. So I mean, so there's gone, also like the, we've, there's do, also we've the dove belief, down those paths before. Yeah, and there's also the belief that, for example, this they also call it natural radio, um, and this it could be said of the communications that we have with animals and how. I mean, we're talking, totally talking with our animals around us, right? And so sometimes um, not even using the words, you exactly know what's happening with your loved fairy uh, being. Same thing happening with plants and same thing happening well, with insects, which we will be talking about it. But also this instinct that is, that is said that mothers have uh, between the child um, could also very much be considered as a form of telepathy, really, yeah. um, of this like wireless communication the mother or child might have. Yeah, and I think since the early days of radio, people have thought about it in those mystical ways. So I think that's that's really cool that you're addressing that with wireless and thinking back to that history. I think a lot of people in 2020 don't realize that in the early days of radio, people called it wireless. We think of wireless as such a modern term. I'm curious about 
some of the segments that are dealing with that deep radio history. Yeah. Um, 100 years of wireless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which of your contributors are, are directly addressing that deep history that I love of radio? Mark Raboy will be directly talking to uh, history of radio. Um, so we're excited to have him on board. He was very excited also to be here. He's the author of a book called Marconi, the, who, what is it? The Man Who Networked the World. And it's a great biography about Marconi and, and it is sort of traces that global adventure. And so he's going to, um, he's going to kick off our broadcast in a little, in a bit of a way. And, yeah, it and, sounds like Marconi was in um, Argentina in those early years. This guy what? was in everywhere. It is, I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to read this book, Mark, I'm plugging your book, but it is such a great, like, jaunt, I feel like, across the globe. And, I mean, part of what we think a lot about, you know, our topics, we always broadcast about migration or transportation or, like, climate, but it's always about movement. And, and a lot of the things we take on is this demythification that, like, global movement is a feature of kind of like 21st century life. People have been moving around from the beginning um, and this has been totally accelerated, but it's amazing in the hundred years how mobile somebody like Marconi was like totally a globetrotter. Talking yeah, about mobility, okay. Jennifer, um, and also in this question you asked, like in terms of history, we also have a really exciting crew uh, that is going to join this broadcast, which is the um, SAOCOM satellite mission uh, engineers. Um, they are in Cape Canaveral. They're, they are about to launch a satellite. It's the first time that this uh, is the is sorry. This platform was not been in, since has not been in use since 1960. So it's also an interesting point that this they're going to be launching from this platform. This crew happens to be Argentinian as well, and they're stuck because of the pandemic. So they're like waiting on this launch, and the launch, of course, is going to happen at the same time that we're doing the broadcast. So we got. Uh, we got finally a connection with them, and they're going to be joining us. And and I and this is also an interesting point here. Um, they're also going to be talking perhaps to some of these uh, topics of of history because obviously satellite communication has been out there for a very long time. Typically, we don't associate satellite with wireless either, but it's a very also really nice way to go micro but also go micro like go really huge at a planetary scale like so we typically also go very into details and very out of scale giant planet world universe and um yeah we well, like doing these like zooms in and zooms out you are listening to radio survivor today's episode is a rebroadcast coming to you in the year 2021 it was originally court recorded one year ago, it's one of our favorite conversations. We're speaking with a radio collective, an artist's collective. We're preparing for a 24-hour live broadcast celebrating the 100-year history of wireless communication. Yeah, and a lot of it also is going to be quite futuristic as well, no? Because, for example, um, about the history, we do have uh, the people in Croatia that are going to take on radio pedagogy and talking about the importance that radio had played in education. But um, a really huge inspiration came also to us in thinking about the radio as a future, like the, the future of it and our future as radio beings. Um, that happened when we did the broadcast Everything Speaking in Berlin two years ago, when we specifically did a, like a, a zoned into the IoT, the Internet of Things, and its connectivity with, with, with radio, with radio technology. And, we co-hosted so, with Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the AI, the Amazon AI. Yeah. 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 So, so also this idea of like not only looking at the history of radio, but looking at the future of it. And, and where are we going with it? Well, one of the things that I was very excited about, because we were talking with uh, the founders of Radio Espacio Estacion, or Radio EE, the last voice you heard with Augustina Woodgate. We're also joined by Hernan Woodgate and Stephanie Sherman. And they're planning a 24-hour broadcast on August 27th to celebrate the 
100 years of wireless. And Hernan, about 10 minutes ago, you just brought up how you had a plan and then the the lockdown, the global lockdown has, has changed the plan. And I think it's, um, it's worth talking about right now that um, it's a very unique moment in history of uh, people talking to each other and radio broadcasting uh, that we're living through. And I wonder if you could talk more about how that's uh, informing the work that you guys have been doing, um, you know, because you were doing work like this prior to lockdown and now here you are uh building building this broadcast during lockdown and i wonder what's what's changing uh it's changing the it's obviously changing the way that, that we usually broadcast what i can see uh on this broadcast to me it's a lot of learning a lot of learning because we never did it this way so i can tell you the pandemic it's teaching me a lot of things and and i also want to say that radio espacio estación it's a it's it's learning. It's, it's always, I always learn so much. Like, like Agustina was saying, and Stephanie, the topics and the guests and everybody who's going to come. It's, it's, it's something that you, you cannot miss and you can listen it for hours and, and then you, you will really learn about a lot of things. Radio Espacio Estación is not only a radio station that will broadcast and entertain. It, it teaches a lot, so much. Like the girls do so much research before and they study and I personally don't read all of them because I can't keep up with them. <laughs> but they they read and they study and they share and all the time they are learning and they they are... I don't know how they do it with their heads because the amount of information that they put in their heads and then... But the day of the show, they are not the ones talking. Someone else is talking. They They have the information. They build it up for the rest to enjoy, to learn, and to, you know, feel comfortable, and it's entertainment, but it's, it's like, it's 24 hours of straight information, very valuable, very, very valuable. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, and, Stephanie Sherman, how about I, I pass it to you then, what Hernan just mentioned, that, I mean, you guys, you guys, you're doing all this research about, and, you know, your topic is everything, everything radio, 100 years of radio, um, what, what is something that's happening right now in 2020 especially that um i mean it's it I, i'm just thinking about how we're locked inside the people that are that are staying inside these days and yet we're all also connected to each other in a way that's never been possible like if this had been 100 years ago uh, a lockdown would have been a much more isolated and monk like uh, aesthetic experience but here we are um locked in our homes but also connected to each other in a way that was uh, so unique. I wonder if that's informing this project at all in a way that you could talk about. I mean, certainly. It's it's almost like the backbone. I think it's like mm. part of the structure is just to to push that experiment as far as we can take it. I mean, so all of our broadcasts are these like giant logistical challenges that we set up for ourselves. Um, so I'll answer both your question and the, in some ways the one to you posed to Hernan as well, which is that you know, usually the challenge is how do we navigate a city in 24 hours with the right choreography given traffic and the guests and the times that they can meet and their availability and like uh, the unknowns and we have to eat and we need gas and we need a battery to plug in and, our, you know, our solar powered battery, where will that charge? And it says like goes on and on about like, how is this going to be possible? And right. engineering, um, like facts of engineering, which are very physical and you know unmovable, su- right? Super tangible, like things, technology, bodies, like other people's schedules, and then like trying to make a coherent story out of that, and like on a route that makes sense with a driver that we just met, but we love dearly, and the whole th- of, and many kinds of many forms from boats to 16 person bicycles, to, like super absurd logistics, right? And like a true marathon for all of you physically having to like be awake and and coherent. How, how is that different this time? Like, are you all going to be awake and with hands on, or are you re- relying more on your partners? How can you go to sleep when you know that you only have 24 hours and someone else is broadcasting your meet? You don't want to miss anything. Okay, I'm, I'm sleepy. You sleep and then you're... It's that impossible. never happens. Right. We never sleep. Yeah. We say no. we would, but we never do. 
We fall asleep maybe on the table for like an hour for like a little bit, but that, that's it. Um, well, I will say that like, so, so the funny thing is that usually in some ways the program is like the last thing to come together because also like we show up in a city and we have three weeks to like become local essentially and figure out like who's the right person to talk to and you find one person, then you find another person. We've been there before, but like nobody really pays attention to us until like a month when the clock starts ticking in radio. It's like also this radio time is like if you contact people three months out, they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, thanks. <laughs> um, so there's an energy. And but this one, because we're sharing the space with so many radios, the, the schedule has to be just worked out earlier so you know now we're in hectic mode like finalizing our schedule but it's two weeks out and i'm super happy about that because that <laughs> never really happened <laughs> yeah but now we're gonna pass it to ernie and he's gonna have to like think about how all the every single different type of connection that's gonna happen whether we're sharing a stream or multi-streams mm. or like it's over the net i mean the so it's a different challenge Sorry, also I'm i would sorry. like to add that we typically have um so we work on, on grids, on everything goes on the grid. If it's not on the grid, it doesn't, it's not going to happen. And so That's a spreadsheet um, to like... Yeah, the, the coordination that, that Stephanie is talking about of battery, charging, electricity, food, bathroom, guest, it's all tied up to a location. Um, so there are locations assigned to things. This time, it's attached to a time zone. And so our movement is happening across times. So instead of organizing the guests from a logic of, oh, well, this one is closer to this one and the bathroom is right in the middle, so it's perfect, we are organizing them by who's in the morning, who's at night, well, his night is my night, so that will work out. And it's just like a, a time zone puzzle, which has been really confusing and super interesting because my reckless obviously by miracle it works out like a glove it's it just it's just perfect how it's all um yeah it's it's just working out and are you moving are you moving between the time zones um in any specific sort of way like are you going in one particular direction or is it just sort of all over the map depending on I guess what it's a combination. It's a combination between the story and how we tell the story, the narrative. But also, um, we did ask for the radios to like, hey, when is your best time? Because some of these radios are, are very active radios, and they already have programmings, perhaps. So, what is your availability that you can come live? So it's between. Uh, it's a negotiation between availability, story, storytelling, and and life. Right, because also we're all stuck at home, and so you might have your kids at that moment, but you might be quiet right now. Or so it's like it's always a negotiation. Well, there's also just the flow question and language question, and like usually we're talking like the whole time. This time we're like, well, you know, we come in for ten minutes and then we we hide away again. So we're like thinking about how like how we're gonna help transition. When, when we can just let the radios pass it without our intervention at all. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was curious about because um, you're talking about segments that, well, I know radio, um, I know Wave Farm is participating and, and their portion seems to be more like radio art, transmission art, and, but you've also, um, you also seem to have a journalistic kind of approach to a lot of the projects that you do and we should uh, we should let listeners know jennifer that when you mentioned wave farm uh, people who don't know wave farm is a radio station in upstate new york and so we're talking about the radio broadcast is going to be passed like a baton to individual radio stations around the world during this 24-hour broadcast that uh, radio ee is planning yeah and so um and, and you've been describing a lot of different types of projects that different stations might have different approaches. So I, I think I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around all of that and what that's going to sound like. If, um, so uh, are you envisioning it? Is it all of these things? Is it radio art? Is it journalism? Is it, um, yeah, what, what is it? <laughs> For sure. I think that we always also tend to have like that problematic of defining ourselves because it's like also it's so much about performance I mean you know it's a, there's so much of it as well and in and in itself the 24-hour um, audio piece 
it's it's almost like a, it's an audio piece in itself. Um, but when we are live, there is something very radiophonic, you know, and very journalistic about it. Um, we I wanted I do want to mention that, for example, in and this is the case for every every broadcast we do is that um, we do give a lot of freedom to the guests uh, to take on the topic. Uh, however it resonates better for themselves and for the location. So, sure, we do come with an agenda, but this agenda is absolutely flexible and open because, for example, what's happening in Chipre and the way that they are reacting with the explosion that just happened in Lebanon, it's pretty amazing because they heard the explosion from there with a lag, um, which they are also somehow relating to the lag that internet has in every broadcast. So they're sort of like making this parallel of like the sonic lag um, in a way. And so how could you say no to something? Or like, you know, we, we, the curation is somehow also very measured in the sense of like, of course, if you want to bring that forward and use this channel to, um, to, to, yeah, to give space to this conversation, um, yes, these are the times. And, and so be... Um, attentive to to being time specific, as much as we are site specific, being time specific. Augustina, you just mentioned. Uh, did you just reference a radio station that that was near Beirut, or but but not in Beirut? Can you tell me more? I... Yeah, our partners in Chipre. Um, are, Where's that? Our uh, Chipre is in Cyprus. Okay, yeah. Oh, see, so yeah, okay. I'm using the Spanish word. No, it's good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, he's he's doing a co-broadcast uh, with a with a with a person in in Lebanon. The idea is that the person in Lebanon is going to be doing a sound a sound walk through the ruins. Um, wow. Oh, wow! Of the of the recent explosion, a, a live sound walk, or is there, are they going to record it before? I mean, either way, it's in the works. Yeah, they're trying to figure out what's the logistics because also, like Arnan was saying, there's there's a lot of. Um, dreams of what we of what everyone would want to do, but then there's technical limitations. And when I say technicals, it's not about what the equipment people own, but also the capabilities that their locations have in terms of connectivity. Like in the Amazon jungle, it's WhatsApp, and that's it. That's the only bandwidth they can access to. Um, and so Augustina, responding just, to um, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Could you just explain for some of our listeners who might not know what a sound walk is? We've we've talked about them on the show, and I love them, but yeah, people might not know what it is. And maybe use use the context of uh, doing a sound walk in Beirut. Uh, uh, what's it going to be? About three weeks? No, well, now it'll be about a month uh, following the the explosion there. See, um, well, it's 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 still on the works, and of course, there's a lot of sensitivity around the. The, the topic and the connection and how they would do it. Um, ideally, the, the 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 partner in in Beirut would be would be walking really um, across the landscape and almost as if the if the landscape is the guest really, right? It's just like allowing the landscape to to come through and and not that much of intervention of of his voice, but actually allowing the, the space to speak for itself. Um, it would be very interesting, I think, because uh, the person in Cyprus is actually going to be talking about he fell into this amazing amount of research because of our our invitation um, on the BBC and how they um, did a massive colonization strategy through uh, establishing a giant antenna uh, in in Cyprus. To broadcast, but then this radio was co-opted and everything was broadcasted in Arab. So the BBC has no idea what was broadcasted in all these years. This is like early 1940s, 1950s, and these archives are mysteriously gone. Um, There's no way to access them. So he's been kind of like tracing these archives and this story about, um, yeah, Arab colonization through radio. And then and then this happens, so it's sort of like tying uh, a history with a present moment in very interesting ways as well. That's a very radio survivor. Uh, yeah, I, Jennifer I and I both want to have that. I know. I was going to. I feel like show. every segment is yeah. a potential radio survivor segment. It's like a dream 24 hours for us of all of these <laughs> little pieces of radio. I'm curious, Hernan and everyone, do you all have radio backgrounds? 
did you do radio before radio I, I actually I actually uh, was doing radio when Agustina came to Argentina to to a show that I was doing with my friend 10 years ago and once she put the headphones on she was like I want to do radio and she went back to the states met up with Stefo and you know we started the radio but I I did radio before actually right before starting the, this but my experience has been radio EE for the most what where did you do radio before what kind Argentina. of radio station and what sort of radio station was it it was an online radio that was the, the that was I think that was the trick because what it was it 10 years ago 12, there was no almost, online like already 13 12. yeah yeah there was no it wasn't popular there were there, there were but there, it was no popular and I was playing with the radio. I was doing one hour a week with my friend on this place. And I saw the guy. I'm, I always been curious about technicals. And I was, I, was, I was always, you know, it was always easy for me. So I just learned how to do it. And brought, I, brought, I brought it over here. And Agustina and Stephanie were always curious about using empty space or a new space, Agustina's art, I think, it, 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 the, on the most is with recycled materials, and like she's always, I'm not, I'm, I'm, my, my background is not on art, but Agustina's always thinking, you know, conceptual, blah, 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 and um, she was <laughs> like, oh, there's air here, and we can use this air, it's unused, how can we use it, you know, and then I was on Stefo, you know, the mines, they worked something together, and they were like, hey, Hernan, we don't know, we have an idea, but we don't know how to make it happen. So that was it. They flew me over from Argentina to North Carolina. <laughs> oh yeah, we need to know more about this because I was I was reading you have an art space in a former thrift store where some of these uh, where one of the broadcasts happened in and um the there were just the a lot of cool details about that. So yeah, tell <laughs> us more about this. We met. We met in two thousand. Augustine and I met in two thousand seven um, at this place called Elsewhere, which I started in two thousand three, and it's a three story former thrift store in downtown Greensboro, and it hosts artist residencies in this like giant world of things that this woman collected over fifty eight years, and now nothing's for sale, and so artists come and make stuff, and we. You know, I had been there for like four years and all of a sudden like this amazing person came and we were like just freaking out about everything and having a great time and sort of knew we would be collaborators for life. Um, and I guess two years later, we we were at the time what was so I come from a background in English literature and storytelling um, and was like really loved hanging out with Augustina and talking to her because also her English was a lot worse back then. And so the number of mistakes in every sentence was like really, really high. And they were all such beautiful, poetic mistakes. Like it was a whole new way of encountering language. And I'm also like a terrible language learner, horrible. It's like been, you know, I was traumatized by a French teacher and I'll never get to recover. Like, it's just, I'm really, really bad. And so I thought like, well, maybe like this could be a way to like access language learning in a totally other way. And at minimum, get comfortable not understanding or like uh, appreciating the poetics of language in, a, in another kind of way. And like the intonations, what you can um, understand from intonation. So anyway, we... August, do you want to take up this story from no, the front, that's the exactly yeah. from the front window? <laughs> yeah, totally. This, this is exactly the, the thing. So we 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 wrote a grant. Um, I always was my, personally. I've always wanted it to be a pirate, and so running a radio seemed like the obvious uh, way to do so. And so here we are. We met. Hernan was doing radio in Buenos Aires. I want to be a pirate, and Stephanie's finding poetry in the way I speak. Perfect. That's a great radio combo. And so we wrote a grant, and supposedly this grant was to run a radio station for one month from Greensboro, and since Greensboro, so from this residency program, which considers everything, nothing is discarded, blah, blah. So it was perfect because like, oh, great, let's use the airwaves. Let's think about how available they are and how underlooked. No one pays attention. We could all be doing radio, but no one's doing it. As Hernan said also, back then, people were still asking us, but where can we listen Radio EE? And we're like, in radioe.net. Yeah, but where? 
like not putting together a um, website with an audio component. Um, the internet was meant for Google search. I don't know, but there was a sort of like a, a non-association with that, which at the moment we got frustrated. Today we were like, today we think about it as like, whoa, we were really into something back then. Um, but so, so we set up to do a one month long of six hours a day of radio transmission and we have never done radio before in our lives. Of course, it was amazing and a disaster because mm -hmm. we never realized also the amount of programming that comes behind it. And we were all concerned about the technicals and what gets plugged into where and then we were realizing like, okay, but we're not going to talk about it. What are we going to talk about for so many hours, for so many days? And so that was a huge lesson. But for us, it, in our heads, it was a one month long of bilingual radio. And we had said bilingual then. Entonces era mitad español, mitad inglés, y así lo hacíamos y tal. Okay, finish, one month is over, and Radio Espacio was done. One year later, an uh, amazing organization that we really love actually uh, from Berlin called Kunstwerk KW. Um, reaches out not to any single personal emails to us, but actually to the radio email, inviting the radio to broadcast a conference that they were doing. The conference was called Voicing Responsibility, and they were inviting us because of our bilingual mode. We thought bilingual for us at that moment was Spanish-English. But they, it was the only way to communicate between each other because if uh, Stephanie was saying Austin's English was bad, mine, I couldn't speak a word. So I was a Spanish guy and Austin was talking to me in English. That was it. <laughs> you totally. But, but the Germans took it totally on their way and they're like, oh, great, bilingual, English-German. And we're like, oh. And that was because of that invitation was the first time that our own concept became our own challenge because it's like, okay, but... We don't speak German. Because before we were bilingual in Spanish English, we could handle it. Now we are bilingual in German English. How do we go about this? And, and, the, and the woman who invited us was like, well, of course, right? You're running a radio station. She never even realized a radio station was a project. For her, a radio station was a channel. So it was also through these sort of like invitations and, and very intuitive decisions we took very early on that um, started it, that, that end up where we are today, really. Um, and solidifying it and, and actually pushing the boundaries. I think that in this case, this broadcast is really pushing the multilinguality in different layers of all sorts. Um, yeah. Yeah, how, also... how do you even manage that with so many languages? You know, like you're talking about, in the beginning, it's really just just a matter of who you are and what you speak um, but now taking on a project with all these languages but I don't I think we care to manage Jennifer I don't think it's not about managing I mean truly we have no sometimes we have no idea what's going on in our own radio and we and the, and the point is not to manage it the point is to let go it's totally the opposite well that's the voice of Augustina Woodgate we're also joined by Hernan Woodgate and Stephanie Sherman they are the Radio Espacio Estacion, or Radio EE, a collective of radio artists who are working on a 24-hour broadcast for August 27th, 2020, called Wireless, uh, that will be broadcast uh, around the world on different radio stations um, on that date. Uh, this is Radio Survivor. My name is Eric Klein. With me is Jennifer Waits. And I want to ask uh, Stephanie Sherman, as we're rounding out um, our hour-long conversation for the radio audience, uh, to tell us what is the story of your broadcast you said you're a story person so what is the story of the upcoming 24-hour broadcast as as you could tell it to us today ah. on radio survivor okay well we're here now after a hundred years of planetary wireless communication and entertainment and um i think we're taking a look at the planet and how how connected we all are vis-a-vis um, -vis this wireless communication. And, you know, we've been talking about how uh, Radio EE's work has been making, a, in some ways, making a sonic portrait of a place in time. But I think we're, we're almost, it's almost like making a sonic portrait of uh, 
radio on the planet in in this specific pandemic moment um, and thinking about how far we've come and how we haven't come very far at all. Well, uh, Stephanie Sherman, Ernan Woodgate, and Augustina Woodgate, thank you so much for joining us today on Radio Survivor. Uh, I hope you can uh, stay with us for, for the podcast where we can talk some more, but that's it for today on the radio show. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Eric and Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks for Thanks. everything. We here at Radio Survivor would like would once again love to extend our greatest thanks to the members of the RadioEE.net collective, uh, our new friends in radio. That was a wonderful conversation, you know, bridging so many concepts and ideas that are dear to us here at Radio Survivor of international voices and community radio and uh, technology and history of radio, all of those things. Uh, our conversation with these folks went on for another half an hour or so. Uh, here's a clip, actually, of something else we uh, got into as we got into the weeds. Augustina talking about people making radio in Mexico that they have uh, recently met through their work. Bueno, the chicos from Radio Nopal in Mexico, mind-blowing the kind of radio they're doing. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to bring, they have 88 members to this community. All of them are running radio through a Raspberry Pi attached to a tiny mini screen. And this little setup is like mega, mega mobile. It's called Mensajito. And so what they're doing is they are going to be inviting open for one hour to all these community people that have Mensajito with them to broadcast um, to broadcast in this one hour slot that they're, that they're getting in, in wireless. And so that's the way that they do radio is like through this like super decentralized self-design they've also designed the server for it here we are like talking with people that are just doing radio from from scratch really because the raspberry pi is just like plainly with nothing with an operation system that i mean not even an operation system so these people have actually built their radio from scratch and they're gonna come to talk i think i believe that each one of them their their cue is to talk about the first time they ever transmitted it so again that's augustina woodgate talking to us in the podcast version of today's episode of radio survivor you're listening on the radio and we have to end uh because of the tyranny of the clock we love the tyranny of the clock here at radio survivor we live with it our whole lives but on the internet uh we we chat a little more freely and we go on a little longer so if you're interested in listening to a extended conversation with the members of the radio ee.net collective about their work go check us out on the podcast radiosurvivor.com is our website where you can find links to today's show notes if you're interested in listening to the august 27th broadcast that we've been talking about today if you want to hear past episodes of the show of course you can always find radio survivor wherever you get your podcasts anywhere on the internet as well as on our website, radiosurvivor.com. You can email our group of uh, individuals who produce this show. We'd love to hear from you. Podcast at radiosurvivor.com is where you can reach us. On behalf of Jennifer Waits, who produced today's episode, my name is Eric Klein. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. I hope you're all well. And one more time for the radio audience, that episode of Radio Survivor that we just aired was originally recorded on August 18th, 2020, just about one year ago. And we were talking about a forthcoming 24-hour live radio broadcast, which took place on August 27th, 2020. But one of our favorite conversations, you know, spanning so many of our favorite concepts and ideas here at Radio Survivor, the things that we love about radio, the, the bringing together of voices and minds and languages and ideas um, really encompassed in that interview. If you'd like to hear the original broadcast, uh, the original longer version of the, of the web edit of that episode, you can go to the website radiosurvivor.com and the show notes for today's episode, there's a link backwards into the past. Radio Survivor is a listener and reader-supported enterprise. To find out more you can go to our website, radiosurvivor.com slash support. On behalf of Jennifer Waits, Paul Reese Mandel, my name is Eric Klein. And again, thank you so much for listening. We'll be here next week with more from the world of community radio, college radio, low-power 
FM radio, the history of broadcasting, transmission arts, and the vast world of sound work that we're all so enthusiastic about. 